Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. As loved ones of first responders and military personnel, we often face life situations and challenges that many others don't experience. And while each of us and our experiences are unique, together we can learn from one another and become stronger in this journey of life. Now let's step out of mediocrity. It's time to thrive. Hi guys, welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. We have a very special interview today. It's another first on the podcast. We have Andrea Atkins and she is a former military child. So welcome to the show, Andrea. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. So Andrea's father was an armament armament warrant officer, third class in the Ohio National Guard and um, was away on duty in Alabama when he died. And so Andrea now is the founder of reporttobase.com, which is her way of thanking all the soldiers that were there for him and her family during their adventure in the military. So reporttobase.com is an online resource for military personnel and their families during a PCS. And we will talk about that more about that later because it's a great resource for all of the military listeners out there. But I I'm very excited to hear Andrea's story. Um, I know I'm a military spouse and I have military children and I want to do best by them, but I don't have their experience. So I'm excited to hear your point of view. So Andrea, can you kind of tell us what, um, what your family situation was growing up? Yeah. Um, my father was joined, the guard when he was 18. So he was already in and, um, had a couple years by the time my twin sister and I were born and we're the oldest. Um, something I remember vividly from my childhood is watching him get ready, um, Mm -hmm. just shining his boots and ironing his uniform. He was huge about the starch and just about it being, you know, just right. He was really proud of wearing that uniform and, um, so that's something I can close my eyes and almost, you know, be back in the kitchen watching him do those kind of things. Um, and, you know, he shared stories with us from time to time, you know, what he was able to tell us. Um, his unit was they had to disassemble, move and assemble anything that shot. So anything from a pistol to a tank. And hmm. so um there were different stories about, you know, things that they had done, things that were going on in the unit and and stuff like that. And every year they also had like a family day. So I remember going over and, and just, it was really neat to kind of sit back and watch how my dad interacted with his men and how they responded to him. It's something I still, um, I guess, take away from today, just the way that he led it was always about his men and never about him. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat perspectives and, and lessons he taught me without, I think, him even realizing he taught me. So, yeah. yeah. But uh, So he was in, and how, how long was he in? Was he in your whole? My whole, or his whole, well, okay. So from the time he was 18 until he passed away at 44. Okay. Well, that is a long time to be in. I think he'd still be doing something as far as the goes if he was still alive. Yeah, he loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. So in um, 
when we've been talking before, you said that he was deployed multiple times. So as it, since you were in the guard, you didn't have the moving all the time, but you had plenty of deployments. Can you tell us about those? How old were you throughout those deployments and um, what were, were affected? He would go somewhere every year when I was younger. And then it seemed to be a little bit more often. Um, I was just 23 when he passed away. Um, And my youngest brother was 13. So that's all we really knew growing up was that, you know, every so often dad was gone for, you know, it just depended. Sometimes it was just a quick two weeks. Sometimes it was months. Um, So it just depended on where he was going and what he was doing. Um, The last time he deployed, he was actually in charge of um, everything going on there at the base, including a night range fire and and things like that. So as the years went on and he advanced in rank, obviously he also um, had more responsibility. But um, so I just know my mom would do a great job just kind of holding everything together. And we'd always make sure that Um, you know, we were corresponding with dad and even though he wasn't there physically at the house, he was still always with us. Um, and you know, if we needed something, we still had a way to reach him. So, Mm -hmm. but we, my dad was part of a really big Italian family. And so Mm -hmm. there's always uh, probably more family around than we wanted, (laughs) (laughs) but, but it helped, you know, having that there's extra people beyond just my mom and dad and my siblings. It, it helped make things a little bit easier if there was an emergency or something like that. Mm-hmm. So what ways did you, you said your mom was really good at keeping the communication open between you, you guys as a family and him. How did mm-hmm. she do that? Because especially back then, you know, now we have FaceTime and right. emails and all that kind of stuff. How, how did she do that to make you guys still feel connected with him? We actually had um, probably more phone calls than most people had. Um, my da- my mom and dad were really close. And so, um, you know, they'd talk a lot. And then, of course, she'd relay different things, you know, back to us that dad would say. And we'd get a chance to talk to him every once in a while. Um, and I even remember just, you know, back then you actually wrote letters, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, you know, I remember doing that every once in a while um, if he was gone a little bit longer. But we had a picture of dad in his uniform on the refrigerator. So, you know, you couldn't walk into the kitchen without seeing it. You know, so he always it always felt like he was there. And, um, you know, even to this day, I'd say we talk about my dad just all the time. Just, you know, it's just. He impacted more lives than he realized at the time, I think. And, um, but, you know, so we'd be sitting down to dinner and, you know, we'd be talking about just what we were doing. And then mom would be talking about things that, you know, my dad had told her he was up to, you know, while he was gone and stuff. And so she just kind of was his voice, I guess. Okay. So it helped, um, for us not to feel like, you know, he was gone all the time and, and he just wasn't part of our lives. Okay. I like that. I am going to print off a picture of my husband now and put it on the fridge because he's currently deployed. And I've, so I've, I'm really excited for this because I want my kids to still feel close, but I hadn't thought of putting his picture up. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that, but that's a really easy way to keep his presence 
Well, think about it. We are always at the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, are you kidding? I, my kids are, it's summertime and they're young. And mm-hmm. so they are constantly trying to get in the fridge. If I put one on the fridge and one on the pantry, then they will see him 20 times okay. a day. <laughs> they won't have time to miss him. Um, so some other questions they have actually were taken from um, the listeners. I was able to put a poll out on Instagram oh. and people, um, just, just for people who wanted questions for somebody who was a military child. So the first one was, um, what kind of effect did having a dad who was deployed have on you? You know, a very strong, um, respect for our service members and our country and a really big devotion to our country. Um, it was extremely important to my dad to serve. And now I'm a part-time mounted police officer and mm-hmm. I can't put on my uniform without thinking about him, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, just a strong sense of country, you know, and even though he was gone, it wasn't like it was because he didn't want to be with us. That wasn't it. That was never it. It was because he loved this country so much that he needed to find a way to give back to that, you know, our country. Mm -hmm. It wasn't really, it was never a choice between us and him serving. It was just who he was and what he needed to do. And, and actually it helped all of us truly be thankful for living in this country. Mm -hmm. And now was that like, are those feelings just something that you, you gathered from just experiences all experiencing it all with your family or was that something that your dad was constantly vocalizing oh he vocalized it a lot too you know and it was his actions like I said you know him taking so much time to make sure his uniform was perfect right Mm -hmm. or like I said when we'd be around him and his unit and the way he treated them or the stories that he would tell about his men um, and just, you know, if we were somewhere and, um, the national anthem was playing or, or some, it was all those little things that there was no doubt how much he loved this country, you mm-hmm. know, and thankful for being able to serve. So. Awesome. Um, next question. How mm-hmm. do you think we as mothers can teach resiliency to our children? Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, most of the time we're stronger than we think we are. And so, you know, for me, it was letting me do some things on my own that I wasn't quite sure of whether I could handle it or not. But, you know, always hearing from my dad that, you know, I could do it. I could handle it. I was strong enough. Um, And, you know, my father didn't come into the house or leave the house without walking straight up to my mom and giving her a kiss and telling her he loved her. And he didn't walk in or walk out without telling us kids the same thing. Um, He was really good about that. And uh, something I'm still working on with my own husband of almost 25 years. But but, um, I mean, so we always knew that if we needed him, he was there. But he always kind of pushed us to try it on our own. Like, for instance, my twin sister and I were 10 when my grandfather started buying horses. 
would walk us out to the barn, hand the horse to us and say, let me know when it's broke. And he would walk into the house. Yes. Um, So I would never think about doing that with my 10 year old. (laughs) It's interesting because the things that I did growing up, I'm like, wow. But I have to stop back, stop and step back sometimes because now I'm a mom of four, right? Mm -hmm. All those things my dad taught me and my parent, you know, my parents taught me. And I think sometimes we're so worried about protecting the kids that we don't let them see how strong they really are. I love that. That's such a good point. And I feel like I'm, I'm more on your side where I want my kids to be independent. I want them to do that things for themselves. I don't want to send a kid to college who doesn't know how to do their own laundry or cook or just the simple things, but also I don't want a kid to go off to college and crumble emotionally without me. Mm-hmm. But, but then like, that's always been my philosophy. And as I was a, um, a younger mom, um, like brand new babies, I was like, yeah, that's going to be me. But now I have my oldest just went through kindergarten and there were some days where her feelings would get hurt or different hard things would happen. And I found myself like the instinct is just to protect my and kid. Fix, right. And fix yeah. <laughs> but it took, luckily I have a, um, my husband is more, I don't even know how, how to describe him. Right. But he, he was able to be a little bit wiser and rein me back and say, let her fix this and guide her through it, but don't do it for her. So I, I like that reminder a lot. Um, Another question is, what is one positive and one negative thing that you have from growing up as a military child? Hmm. Um, One positive is my father was the best example of what a good leader should be. Most definitely. Um, Time and time, I mean, just so many different, things that he did throughout his military career. And I've said it before, his men, I think, would have followed him to hell and back. Mm -hmm. And so I've used that in my professional career, just, you know, wanting to live up to that um, example that he set and a negative. Um, Just, I guess... Every once in a while, him missing an important event, Um, you know, whether that be a sporting event that I had going on or um, I did. I started contesting with my horse when I was like 13, so he didn't get to make it to many of my races. Um, But now I can look at back then. I kind of looked at it like, you know, dad's not here again. Now I can, as an adult, I can look at it like, you know, he wasn't there physically, but he was always there. And it wasn't because I was less important. It was just, that's who he was and he needed to do that. And because of men like him, we live in this country because there's no other country I'd rather live in. (laughs) I agree with you on that. Um, do you feel like you got enough attention with him being a gone and him being gone and your mom, um, having other kids and all that kind of stuff? Cause, cause I know, oh, yeah. like, I know I, I had a hard time. I was one of eight, but my dad wasn't in the military. So it's, 
with him being gone, did you long for that or did they have other ways of compensating for his absence? Um, I guess I never, I never thought that I wasn't getting enough attention. Um, I really got into the horses. And so I was happy as could be to jump on my horse and be gone all day. Right. Um, (laughs) which we used to do, we'd be gone pre cell phone too, or horse helmets. (laughs) (laughs) They never knew where we were. Um, but when my dad was home, it was all about family. So, you know, he made up for it and yeah, I mean, so my dad was one of eight. Mm -hmm. So every Sunday was at Nana and Papa's for pasta after church it took a while to walk around and, and tell everybody hello and give everyone kisses when you walked in. But so that's where that all came from. And that was that strong family. And so when he wasn't there, I still had Nana and Papa. I had my mom, I had all my aunts and uncles and a lot of them live on our road. So, and a very large extended family. So, you know, he left us in good hands and like I said, when he was home, it, you know, he made up for that. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's, it's making me think I need to make sure my kids have a hobby so that they are not just sitting around like something that they love. Cause I'm sure that was just a big comfort that you could go out and ride your horse and. Oh, we had a blast. It was yeah. the best. <laughs> I've always wanted a horse and now I'm just like, okay. I'm just, I want to gallop. I want to, I can't imagine what that feels like, but I still, I used to race bareback. So, and then I sold my horse when I went to college and just got pirate a few years ago. And, um, so it was coming back at a much older age, you know, less balance, all that. And I'm like, okay, so how well can I do this? And, um, on, somehow we have the only non-flat air, um, property in the area. Like there's no flat. We have this major hill that is a killer. And so I jumped on my horse one day bareback and I thought, can I still run and do this? And sure enough, I run all over our hills and, and everything still. So it keeps me in good shape. I bet. I bet. So, um, tell me more about reporttobase.com. I mentioned before that it's an online resource for military personnel and their families during the PCS, but what does it all encompass? Wow. Okay. So my background was marketing and web design. And throughout the years, I've been just trying to find a way to say thank you because that week that my father passed away, it's a huge blur, except Still to this day, and he died in 1992, I can still close my eyes and I'm back at the funeral home and just seeing that changing of the guard, you know, and or being in the church and looking to the left because our church had three sections and I'd look to the left and it was nothing but military personnel. And then we went to the cemetery and it was a major thunderstorm that August morning. And of course we're under the tent and I look out and there they all are. It didn't matter that it was storming. They were there. And so I've always been trying to find a way to let them know, you know, how much that meant to us. And so I started talking to some other family members that are still in and some friends 
and found out that a lot of times you're supposed to get a lot of information for your PCS, but it doesn't always happen. Or you spend so much time Googling all these different places to get what you need. And I thought, well, this is something I can do. So last August, coincidentally, on the anniversary of my father's death, I decided that I was going to try and put together an online resource. And so I started researching and researching. And until up till about November, I was doing it all by myself when I realized that it was going to take me forever. So, <laughs> so I brought on some interns and um, we started working on it. And so you can go to any base and we actually have all the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, Coast Guard, the intelligence bases, the joint bases. And we think we have them all. Um, some of them are harder to find, but we think we have them all. Um, and we're almost done with all of them. All the, the last we're um, finishing up on the Coast Guard and the Air Force, but everything else is done. And if you go there, you're going to find information about the base um, the area around it, just the population, where to go when you first get there. Um, there's information about like cost of living and the climate. Cause to me, I was like, well, you know, if I'm going somewhere else. I want to know what it's like compared to where I am. Um, stuff, information about what there is to do for the family around there. There's an entire resource page that offers the most important phone numbers for the base, um, information on healthcare, um, schools. So if you wanted to get a jump start on reaching out to the schools and checking out which schools you might want to put the kids in once you get there, um, information even for college classes for um, the spouse or the military person themselves. Um, and then there's a housing page that we put together. It talks about on-base housing, off-base housing. Um, anyone can submit information about the neighborhoods. So if you want to help future families coming in. You can send us, there's a place to submit info about the neighborhood and you can help us help them. And then um, we just work with four realtors, lenders, and home inspectors um, that I'd say about 80% of them are actually veterans or spouses. Um, so they have that military background, plus they have the knowledge to help if someone wants to do something, you know, purchase a home or if someone has to sell their home because they're moving out. Um, but we did just a few and we're just really trying to provide as many resources in one place so you can go there and get it all. Um, yeah. Two of our um, base coordinators is what we call everyone, um, our military spouses, career military spouses, um, and they helped me put together a PCS guide. So it has... Um, you can print it off. You don't have to sign up for it. You don't have to give me your email, nothing. You can just go and go. There's a tab at the top of the website. It says PCS guide. You can go there and you can download it and um, you put it in a binder. So it's got like most important, you know, documents you might need, a pre-move checklist, a post-move checklist, like um, 15 tips, and then a place to record all your expenses and just different things. Because even if you've PCSed, 10 times when you get your orders, all of a sudden a million things are going through your mind. Right. Yeah. And, and you've done it a million times, but you're just crazy. There's all sorts of things going on. So it was my hope that just having it there in front of you and having it kind of outlined would let you focus on some other things and just, you know, quickly go through the checklist. Yeah. So it's there when wants it. Um, we have a blog and if anybody wants to submit um, a story, 
to us. The blog is completely written um, by our military community. It's not by me. But if anybody wants to share a story, um, go ahead and submit it. We love to post those. And um, we're working on a military book of the month club as well, which I'm really excited about. Should be a lot of fun. So I really wanted it to be interactive and I wanted everyone to feel like it was a place they could come and share. Yeah. I like that. I, especially the checklist because you do, it's like, no matter how many times you've done it, it's okay. Now I have to remember everything. So it's, that sounds really, really helpful to just know exactly what you need to do. And because the doing it isn't the exact, at least for me, that's not the super hard part. It's the remembering what I need to do and keeping everything in my head straight. So I I like that you have a checklist. We'll be for sure using that next time and that we can, we can contribute to what we know about our area and then hear what other people have in their areas. That's really, really smart. Thanks. I like that a lot. So it's just report to base.com. Really easy um, to remember. And thank you so much for putting that together though. Thanks. When we're done with all the bases we're working on now, we're going to add all the air national guard and army national guard bases. It might take us a little bit longer. They're a little bit harder to find the information about, um, but that is phase two and phase three is going to be all the overseas bases. Ooh. So we already know, um, we've been told that there's been some um, military personnel coming back from Japan that have been using the site because they've been out of the country for a while. And mm-hmm. so now they're coming back and the site's been helping them just kind of get acclimated again and, and find the information they need. So that was really exciting. Yeah, that. It, it really makes a lot of sense because we just moved in September and it was, it was hard because we had no idea what we were coming into. And it was especially hard because my husband's unit was at JRTC, um, which is the deployment prep, um, training that you, they do for like a month to two months or however long it is. But so everybody was gone. So we couldn't even call a sponsor or anything, but it, this sounds a lot like you just, you have a sponsor. It's all the people you would want to talk to all in one place, which is way more convenient than what we were doing. That's what well, I'm hoping <laughs> that it, it allows everyone to kind of get a jump start, you know, be, and not have to wait till they get there to get some. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm always up for suggestions too. Um, I do have like a board of advisors made up of um, military personnel, spouses and veterans that kind of help keep me on track mm-hmm. and make sure that, you know, the information I'm putting out there is wanted and needed. But I am always open for suggestions. So and we have some of our favorite charities are on the website, too. Um, everything we do, a portion of everything we do goes back to some of our favorite charities. So um, TAPS in honor of my father. Horses for Heroes, because um, my twin sister and I actually became part of that organization several years ago. And um, and then Operation Homefront, Service Dogs, um, Fisher House. And then we also have recently partnered with um, Honor the Brave. So we're really excited about that, too. We love Honor the Brave. For the listeners, Honor the Brave is just a reminder that Zana um, Wolf. Wolfgang, oh yes. my goodness, I'm struggling with my words. Wolfgang, and she did an episode a while back, and her story is amazing. Right. I have to say, though, just 
to kind of wrap it up, thank you so much for your service, not only as a military child, but everything that you're doing. This is incredible. Your charities, like there's the charities, there's the report to base. You are a incredible human being and very inspiring and giving. And it's, it's an amazing example to all of us. Thank you. Thank you very so, much. I'm so thankful for you asking me to be on the podcast. This has been a lot of fun. Of course. So last question we like to end with, um, what is your key to thriving that you would want to share with your fellow waiting warriors? Just really live every moment. You know, we're, I think a lot of times we're so worried about or so focused on the future and, you know, just what's going to happen in the future that we don't stop to take a breath and really live the moment. And I think sometimes we miss stuff because we're just so focused on the future. And, um, I mean, just for instance, watching my kids grow up, it's going way too fast. And so I, I, and I mean, my oldest just turned 23 a few days ago. So Um, my youngest is going to be 15 next Friday and it's just going way too fast. And I wish if I could go back in time, I would have just really sat with my dad and just absorbed those moments instead of always worrying about what we were going to do the next day or the next week or the next month. Hmm. That's Sorry, it has me out just thinking about like our family and how we can do that better because I think that's especially easy to do and get lost in as a military family or a law enforcement family or a firefighter family. All of all of us are so busy and we have we constantly have things that are not only ahead of us, but are big things. We have big trainings, we have a big move, we have a big just all these big things that it's easy to get lost in the preparation for those four. But I like that. Just soak in those moments. So then we, we have something more in life than just those big events. I like that a lot. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. Again, everybody it's report to base.com. Please go check it out. Use the resource, share the resource. I know um, it's summertime, so it is, everybody's PCS scene right now. So take advantage of it and share it around. Thank you. Okay. And all of you waiting warriors out there, you guys have a great day. Hi guys. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. I know I've been learning so much, so please share with any friends and family, you know, whether you know someone who is a waiting warrior, or if you just think one episode can shed some light to friends and family about what you're going through, share And always remember, we're stronger together and here we can thrive. Until next time, have an awesome day.